Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, here with Keith Myers. Keith, we did it. We did it. Clinched the division and victory over the Rams and heading to the playoffs. Right on. Yep. First time (laughs) since 2016, which is weird because they've made the playoffs every year since then. But they've done it uh, as a wildcard team. Um, Yep. In the three years since, and now they're back. Um, division leaders, as, still a wild card, but division uh, champions uh, doing that. Well, yeah, they're not. No, they're yeah. They they won the division, right? Um, so they play in the wild card weekend, yes. but they're still, but they're not a wild card team. Um, That's true. So we're in the same category as the Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, that, I, I can't. I can't. I cannot. Division leaders. Um, here's, the, right? here's the thing. Here's the thing. But so we're also going to be in the same category as one of Green Bay or New Orleans. Sure. And, um, we're, and we're up. Only, there. Yeah. And only one team gets a bye this year, not two, like it used to be. Um, so we have an extra team in the playoffs, extra wildcard team, which means one less bye game. Uh, only the number one overall seed gets a bye. You know what uh, else is still in play? Hmm. Our our prediction show predictions. With I know. A, with one week left. With one week we've left, we've reached your to... your win total, and my yep. t- and my win total at least, and then or not mine, but uh, at least yours, and with a chance to get to mine. So who's yes. going to win our battle, our individual prediction show battle? Uh, who's going to get? Are we going to get to twelve, or are we going to stay at eleven? Shouldn't we wait for on predictions for the game oh. until after we've discussed All the right. game? You're right. Because you're. I just win. had to mention. I just had to mention. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, San Francisco looked pretty good in their game against uh, the Cardinals, but the Cardinals looked inept. So yeah, the Cardinals. The Cardinals have fallen off. They've really. They had a great first half of the season, and they've really struggled since. Um, and they are not the team they were early on. So. But they still have a chance um, on the back end of this playoff scenario we'll talk about in a little bit. But let's let's get to the news and notes uh, for this week first, and then let's talk about that great win against the Los Angeles Rams to secure the uh, NFC West title. Uh, the, the team has just transformed itself. I mean, we got a ton to talk about. Um, all right. Seattle wins over the Rams 20-19 to NFC West title, first time since 2016. You mentioned that. Um, assured of at least the number three seed in the playoffs with a home playoff game. So things are looking mm-hmm. up for the Seahawks, trending up. A um, couple things of note this week. Snacks Harrison uh, kind of requested a release from the team before the game was played because he found out he was going to be inactive. That actually did happen. Um, Pete did meet with um, Mr. Harrison they did not come to terms, and uh, he was granted his release from the team officially. Um, yep. We're talking about the the 350-pound uh, defensive tackle that they signed on October 7th out of retirement. He was not in 
game shape in any way. Had to play himself into that. Didn't make his um, debut until mid-November. Um, has been there playing about 20 to 25 snaps a game um, as a backup defensive tackle. Uh, former All-Pro. Great run-stuffing player. But um, it got, you know, they, they activated Brian Monet off the off injured reserve. And Monet was going to get the get the snaps instead of Harrison. And so he Harrison was a, a healthy scratch and it was like, he just wants to play and uh, went to Twitter to say so. Um, wished his team luck, wished, you know, Monet and everyone luck, like wasn't being a problem with it. But somebody asked him uh, after he requested his release, like you, you'd think he'd want to stay. He's never, you know, made a deep run into the playoffs. He's got a chance at a Super Bowl. And he responded that he just wants to play. He, he wants to try and find a team where he can, you know, get on the field. Um, and on top of that, he doesn't want to take away snaps from a young guy who's earned them. And he believes that Brian Monet has earned them. So, um, it was just more of a case of, he just wants to play. He doesn't want to sit on the sidelines and watch. Yeah. He also recognizes and, that it's very complicated with COVID and that, um, he had talked about his mm-hmm. family and his kids and the chance of him playing with another team he thought was, eh, he didn't know um, because somebody would have to sign him, get into protocol. I mean, there's only a certain amount of teams now that you've, you're going to reach the playoffs with. Um, so for me, I think that he's likely done for the year. Um, and it's, yeah. just a, it's, a, it's a bummer for him. But you know what? The upside is that Seattle has Brian Monet and they feel really mm-hmm. confident in him and his ability to come in and, and affect plays and, and play well which is good news for the future because um you know he's a, he's a he's a more realistic uh piece uh into the future for the Seahawks as opposed to Harrison who's just this one year deal. Yeah, and uh and Monet did play um well when he was out there. Um and so that you know and that is what it is, but honestly if I had to choose and I know it's this was Harrison's decision, but I would have liked the team to find a way to keep him around just as insurance. So like, you know what, you're not going to be able to get, it's, it's week 17 with COVID protocol. You're not going to be able to get another team stay here so we can keep paying you because if we cut you, you don't, you stop getting paid, but you know, stay here so we can keep paying you um, and just be insurance in case somebody gets hurt. Right. Because you know, what if, happens if, if, if he you know, left the, the team, guys get, if he left on. the team in, in, in that manner, in that way, because he wasn't activated for one game, he was pretty tenuous anyway. I mean, this is a player that, you know, you've got to ask, does he really want to be here at that point? Um, because no, and he, he doesn't, that's why they let him right. go. I'm just saying like, I would have tried to talk him. Well, and they did Pete met, and Pete get met, him to buy met in. with him. I'm sure all those words were said and more, and it just didn't work out. So see, I've, Seattle's moving on. We got Brian Monet. I, we, you can't look back on something like that, but thank you. Uh, snacks for coming in and playing um, and, and doing oh, the team needed exactly the team needed him. Exactly. Um, he came in, he filled a role. He did a great job. Um, definitely the, the team would have had a very hard time getting to where they are right now without him because they were thin at defensive tackle. Then they lost Brian Monet to injury and uh, desperately needed something. And they got a lot out of Harrison. Now I know the stat sheet doesn't look like nine, much. It's like 23 tackles. Well, nine tackles, one forced fumble. Okay. So it's nine tackles. So it's not even less, but he comes in, he plays 20 some snaps a game and his, he's a 350 pound guy who 
doesn't rush the passer. He plugs holes and stuffs the run and takes on and double makes it teams. hard for running games. And yeah, and that's what he does. And he does that job very yep. well. So it doesn't show up on the stat sheet much, but it's still important. And Brian Monet and does all those things, but so. he gives you a little bit more uh, of a of a penetrating type guy, a guy that can disrupt the pocket deeper into the into the pocket, uh, affect mm-hmm. passing lanes, affect timing, and so forth. So it'll be interesting to see if I mean. Seattle really hasn't had any problems this year stopping the run, and they look tremendous on Sunday stopping the run with the Rams, so we'll see. Um, Trey Flowers is set to return to practice um, and, and could be yep. eligible to play in this game if, if needed. Uh, obviously, Seattle has uh, found its new starting corner in uh, DJ Reed, but Flowers, that that spot uh, becomes important, I think, in in terms of, okay, do they, do they play Flowers in certain uh, sets? Or do they play a guy like, um, oh, what's his name? Gosh darn it, I just lost it. Um, let me look really quick. U- Ugo Amadi. No, the other tall guy. Um, uh, Ryan, Ryan Neal. You know, yeah. do they play Ryan Neal in certain sets and certain spots and dime packages and so forth? Or does a guy like Flowers come in that, that has better coverage skills come in and do that? Well, I think with that, it becomes a it can become a matchup issue because Ryan Neal is a safety. I mean, yeah, he was a corner at one point, but... He's been practicing at safety. He was um, Adams' backup when Adams was hurt. And, and and so do they need the safety skill set or do they need the corner skill set? And um, it's funny because uh, Ryan Neal is a safety who used to be a corner and Trey Flowers is a corner who used to be a safety. So there's a lot of overlap in their skill sets. But um, where they're comfortable and where they've been practicing is different. And I think you can set it up as matchups. I mean, DJ Reed's not going anywhere. Uh, Ugo Amadi's not going anywhere. Those guys have earned Absolutely. their snaps as, as the two and three uh, corners. Um, you know, Flowers gives them a tall option on the outside if you run into a matchup where you need another another guy with some, some size out there. Um in nickel and dime situations. I'm not talking about moving DJ Reed off that starting spot. Uh, Reed's going to get that. But when you go to go to the nickel, you can slide him in and, and bring Flowers um, in and have him play on the outside. So um, it just gives them options. Yeah. It gives them flexibility. I agree. And Flowers was playing. Flowers, you know, started out the year um, not playing. Came in once the injury started and played kind of bad for a few weeks, but then really turned it around and had a nice stretch of games right up until his injury. Um, and so I think that people tend to overlook that nice stretch of games. Well, and the nice stretch of games has happened was... to the entire back end of this defense, not just with flowers. Yeah. So you add flowers back into this defense that's performing at a high level. Now that gives flowers mm-hmm. an opportunity to really be successful. Now he may not get that chance, um, as, as things turn out, but, um, if, if anything happens or we need extra players or whatever's going on, I feel comfortable with flowers back there. Yeah. I mean, you have, you now have depth, right? You're not turning to just at the right uh, time. Stevens. Just at the right time. You're not, tur- yeah, you're not turning to Lyndon Stevens. If, right, if right, uh, right. Shaq Griffin has to go out for a player too. And then, you know, like they did in, in this game and, and that was unpleasant, but, um, uh, <laughs> You know, now you've got depth where you haven't had any uh, on the back end, and it's it's pretty nice to see. So one other thing I wanted to talk about out of Pete uh, Carroll's uh, press conference, he was asked about Daryl Taylor. He said Daryl Taylor was pretty darn sore after uh, his his first practice sessions this last week. Asked if that was a long term concern about Taylor, 
Pete said, I'm trying not to go there. I'm trying to keep hold of a good thought, like we're going to be okay here if given enough time and all of that. It will certainly help him to have another off season. That's um, that's not the best answer regarding Daryl Taylor. No, that's not a that's not a great answer at all from a fan's point of view because it sounds like you know the option of it, this being a significant long term issue is on the table. Where normally Pete Carroll is like the most um, optimistic guy in yeah. the world, and he would be like, he would have, he would have straight up and said, been like, no, nah, we don't, th- it's not a thing. He's just got to, got to get healthy, and, and he'll be ready to go and be there. But for him to being like, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, not I'm to trying to that. keep hold of a good thought. What, the, what the heck kind of an answer is that? That's like, that's the equivalent that's of Carroll, wishful thinking, right? Well, it's, it's trying. To, basically, it's like, okay, we've got, you've got multiple scenarios, and he's mentally trying to stay on the positive side of those multiple scenarios and not get sucked into the negative ones. But it it comes down to the, he was like, yeah, he was, he practiced and he was really sore and not, and and it doesn't sound like muscle. Right. It sounds like like the the injury soreness. Yeah. Like I, I, I haven't worked out in a while and I came out and worked out and oh my God, like my muscles feel like they're going to die sore. This sounds like a lot of irritation and a lot of problem with the, the surgery site from, when they put the rod in his leg and all of oh, that. And darn it. it just sounds like the, like whatever happened with that surgery, it is not healing the way it, it should not, not the bone. The bone's fine. It's all How do of you the know? soft tissue. How do you know that through. the bone is fine, Keith? Because he wouldn't be cleared. He would not be out there if it wasn't. Literally, that's the first thing they're going to look at. They're going to take x-rays. They're going to look at the bone. And if that bone isn't a hundred percent. So he just needs to work through the scar tissue situation. Well, yes, unless there's something else going on that's causing um, inflammation and things that aren't going to let him work through that. Because um, they may have to go back in and like file down part of the bone or something in order to um, give that soft tissue a chance to heal properly. And that that's my big concern with this going on right now. So we know the bone's healed. It's done its thing. Um and so, yeah, it's a matter of working through all the scar tissue and any of the other damage that was done, unless they have to go in and like file down the bone and re-smooth it out and, and all of that kind of stuff. And again, now you're recutting through all that tissue again, and, and it's another long, long slog to get back. And, and um, it turned out, I mean, what, they knew they were drafting a guy that had, that was hurt. They knew that this was going to be a thing, but they didn't think it was going to be this kind of thing. This has turned out to be way different than what they thought they were drafting as far as a guy with an injury. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a desperation type of move in a draft where all you needed to do in, in COVID-19 was have a solid draft with no real chances. Now, maybe they looked at it the other way. Maybe they thought this is the year you could take a chance because of COVID-19. There's so much unknown speculation about the season even starting at the, at the time and so forth. Um, and, but it, you're right. It turned out to be the worst case scenario at this point. However, all that said, but he's been able to have an like entire the, off It's season. not like this was a bad, it's not like this has been a bad draft. Oh, if you take a look at the whole, sure. You look at, you look at this draft. This was a really good draft for John Snyder without getting a single snap out of the second round pick, Daryl Taylor. If, you know, 
So they end up redshirting him for a year, and he comes back next year, and 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 is what we wanted him to be this year. This is a this is a like rock star draft for John Snyder. Um, but if that doesn't happen, if this injury ends up being a thing, again, it, I'm not that concerned about it because the rest of the draft was really well. Good. If Alton Robinson I mean, turns Jordan out was, the way that he is projected and, to be turning out, he's got four sacks so far and is really playing well. It just, that alone really well takes right that that Taylor draft uh, Taylor pick and diminishes it a little bit, nonetheless. Well, and and Jordan Jordan Brooks has been. Yeah you know, outstanding, outstanding as right. well. Um, I mean, just as a whole, uh, Damian Lewis has been great. So um, you've got, uh, you've got two starters just in those three guys and in a very key backup. Yeah. Um, this was a good and draft. Swain's for, been getting tremendous, you know, a lot of snaps. Yeah. Um, th- this was a very good draft for, um, for Schneider, even without Taylor. And so I'm not, this would be, you know, a year ago, we were sitting here looking at LJ Collier's complete inability to get on the field for a while. And then when he did, he was worthless. And we were like, wow, this is the, the it was, it's make or break, right? Cause that, that draft looked much weaker and, and not, you know, like they needed some help. Um, but now Collier is one of the reasons, one of the keys and one of the reasons why this defense has been vastly improved. I mean, he's really stepped up and played um, better. And, uh, you know, now all of a sudden last year's draft doesn't look, well, and you had Marquis uh, player in there too, who hasn't played at all. And except, yeah, except for the first game. Cause if, right. as, as but, that, but he's God, still sitting there injury. for next year. And so, you know, mm-hmm. you get... so a couple of, a couple of good drafts for Schneider. Um, we just didn't give him the credit at the time when he kind of earned it. Um, but he, I think he'll get it now because he has put together back-to-back drafts that are helping build the foundation of this team, especially on Let's talk about this Rams game. So uh, Rams came into this game, Keith, ranked eighth in the NFL in total yards. Their offense was was good. I mean, they'd been kind of eh, puttering just a little bit, but nonetheless, it's a good offense. It's solid. And the defense... It is. They've, they've got a great running yeah. game. Um, they do a lot of play action. More Cam than Akers was out of this game. I think maybe he could have made a little bit of a difference. But other than that, though, nonetheless. True, but he's only been getting starter reps for two games. Um, he, it's, been a, it's been a running back by committee all year. And I think, and I think it's pretty obvious if you watch the tape, that he's the best of the three. Um, and so, yeah, he could have made a difference. But he... It's not like this offense hasn't worked without him because at the beginning of the year when this off when that offense was really clicking, um, he wasn't playing. He was the third string third string back. So they've got talent at running back even with without Cam Akers. And that running game is really good. They do a lot of play action and they've got a pair of outstanding receivers on the outside with um Woods and Cup. And yeah, show me where that production was in this yeah. game because oh, Seattle's yeah. defense. Well, overall, I mean, you know, down. they did they they did an okay job running the ball. I mean, Henderson ended with twelve and sixty two for a five point two average, but they went away from that uh, because they were they fell behind. Um, Malcolm Brown had seven for twenty seven. Uh, Cup had eight for sixty six. Reynolds six for sixty five. Woods four for forty eight and a couple other things to their tight ends. And that was about it. That was their entire offense. Nine points, three field goals. Seattle held them out of the end zone, um, which, which is tremendous. 
Um, Jared Goff had 43 pass attempts, not counting, um, you know, scrambles and, and, and that kind of stuff, but 43 pass attempts for only 234 yards. That is less than five yards per yeah. pass attempt. Yeah. Well, I had 24 completions. So basically, yeah. yeah. Right. 10 yards a play, basically. Or, well, well ten, 10 yards, 10 yards per completion, but it's not yards per completion. True. It's yards per attempt that, that really defines, um, you know, a quarterback in, and, and an offense really. And the yards per attempt at, uh, at five is terrible, right? If you're not in the high sevens or low eights, you're, you're not doing much and they didn't do much. And that the fact that they get, he had to throw the ball 43 times and they only got 234 yards uh, out of it um, tells you a lot on why the Seahawks kept them out of the end zone because it really was a very good all around kind of dominant performance by, uh, by Seattle. And you know what? The Rams defense came into the game. Number one ranked like an overall total defense. And Seattle outplayed yep. them. Uh, outplayed them. Like Seattle mm-hmm. was the defensive unit was the best unit on the field all day long. And that goal line stand that 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 play where they blitzed Adams and and, uh, and then Adams ran Henderson down to the corner and saved saved oh, that yeah. touchdown right there. And then they they failed to convert in four downs after he got the first down. Um, that goal line stand was amazing. And you mentioned Jordan Brooks being a player uh, earlier out of this draft in the, in the first round. He had a couple of plays behind the line of scrimmage there that affected that uh, goal line stand. Very impressive. Yeah, and he, he made the key tackle on, on fourth down. Um, and, and that was where we were leading 13-6. to six. I mean, they score right there. It changes the dynamic of the game. Yeah. And, and so it was a, he, he made the key tackle made the key play. I mean, you got to give KJ Wright credit because KJ Wright was the guy that bull rushed a, a tight end three yards into the backfield and, and made it hard on yeah, the running back. Um, but it was Brooks who came up and made the play. Um, and you know, I, the other thing is, you know, who else was right there? Bobby Wagner, all three linebackers were in on that, um, that fourth down play, which I thought was, was kind of awesome. But, uh, overall, like you really can't say enough about, about the way the defense played on that because everyone played their assignment. Everyone did what they needed to do and they did it on every play, not just, you know, the fourth down play, but on, on all, all four downs there at the goal line, but, and also the play before it, yes, they got the first down, but Adams ran him down and, and made that touchdown saving tackle. Yeah, it was Earl um, Thomas like. It was coming across the field and making that, you know, just running him down from a position where you think he's behind and he's not going to get there, but then he does. And yeah, it was a three yard gain and it was enough for a first down, but it was a fantastic play. Um, and it kept him out of the end zone, gave the defense a chance to keep fighting and they came up four straight plays and and kept him out and uh changed you're right like you said changed the game just absolutely changed the game you know the way that the defense played in this game too keith it's like it really does give you confidence now um because it's been several weeks in a row and we we did go through a stretch where we faced uh less than quarterbacks uh offenses (laughs) that have been struggling and so forth but i think it gave them the confidence it gave them the, the schematic um confidence that their defense had turned around and this game proved it um 
I think, in, in that this is uh, sustainable, uh, something that they can carry forward into the playoffs. And when you put a defense like that on the, on the field, the defense that you put out on the field um, with confidence, knowing that you could get a stop and, and give your offense another opportunity, um, that's huge. I mean, that is totally a, a kind of a Super Bowl contender defense now. And you pair that with an offense that hopefully can can improve a little bit, uh, but just does just enough to win games. That's really all you need right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Jared Goff's a a, a stellar quarterback. I mean, he, I would still put him in the in the lower echelon group with the other guys. But as a whole, this was a very well performing offense and an offense um, that has given Seattle trouble. Yeah, and and I mean they they run the ball well. They've got talent on the outside. They do a lot of play action, which which neutralizes linebackers. They do a Counters. lot of things. They rec- they do so much that requires um, just extreme discipline by everybody in order to not get caught out of position and 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 all that kind of stuff. And um, you know a lot of misdirection. And the Seahawks handled all of it. And that was great to see. That was that what to me was was the big thing is that, you know, they didn't they didn't get motioned and and bootlegged and whatever out of what they wanted to do, and were able to just stay within themselves. And uh, everyone did their job, and it, it just worked. And they just continued to shut down um, an offense. And yeah, Goff didn't play great, but it's not like he was just missing wide open. Well, guys, and you have right? to hand it to the to the Seahawks defense. They played really well. And we ended up mm-hmm. having some big plays. We mentioned the Adams uh, tackle from behind, the goal line stand. You add the Diggs interception, interception deep in Seattle's territory there, which probably saved a touchdown. I mean, they were down close to the 10, 15-yard line at that point. Um, Alton Robinson sack, four, four sacks on the year. Jaron Reed, another sack, six and a half on the year. Jaron Reed in, the, in, in, in this second-half surge by our defense. Uh, in this season has really been able to come on and show us that he's he's the player that he was a couple years ago. Yeah, he wasn't early in the year, but the last like six games, he's been um, definitely the 2018 version of John Reed. And it's been great to see because the team needed it. They needed the help on the inside to um, generate some push, generate some, some um, penetration, and, and just to get the quarterback off his spot and give the defensive ends a chance to get around the corner uh, and not just have the quarterback step up and, and out of their lane. So um, it's been, it's been needed and great. And uh, Reed's been playing out of his mind. I know he's got this chest injury that's like making it hard on him, but you can't really tell the way he's playing. Um, so yeah, it's been great, great to see his resurgence. Uh, Puna Ford's been playing well in the middle, also been disruptive. They're giving him more freedom to uh, to penetrate and get into the backfield and uh, do things, and besides just eat blocks. <coughs> and he's doing well with it. So uh, a lot of good things coming from you know up front and hard to imagine that we were going to say that at any point this well, year after the way that you're No, started. absolutely. I mean, remember that uh, New England game, the second half of the New England game, we gave up like 320 yards passing to Cam Newton and like 10 plays over 15 yards, um, yeah. you know, in the air in, the, in just the second half. I mean, that's where we were. We had multiple yep. games like that where we were just giving up chunk well, we had plays a, after chunk play. We had like the, the first game against Arizona where we didn't have a quarterback hit the entire game. Yeah. 
And you know, uh, and the first five sudden, wins, we barely held on, and we had the best offense in the league. It was yeah. it was crazy. In the last and, in the turnaround since week ten, beat uh, gave up uh, twenty three to the Rams, twenty one to the Cardinals, seventeen to the Eagles, seventeen to the Giants, three to the Jets, fifteen to Washington, and nine to the Rams. I mean, twelve point two points per game average. There, there's some bad teams there. Uh, <laughs> True. Um, in, in there, some some bad offenses, but at the same time, like, you know, it's still been, it's just been a different team. It really has been. There is a lot of talent on this defense, and I, I think when when this was a, this was a defense that was set to be the worst, you know, statistically the worst defense in NFL history, which is where they were on a pace after like five or six games. Um, they weren't playing to the talent. There's a lot of talent. I mean, you can't tell me that a, a defense with Diggs and Adams and Griffin on the back end and the three linebackers that we have yeah. and, um, you know, Reed and Dunlap and, and uh, Ford and, and, you know, Alton Robinson and the guys they've got up front – you can't tell me there's not a lot of talent on that defense. There is. They just weren't playing to that level of talent. And a lot of it was injuries because most of those guys that uh, I mentioned, um, with the exception of the linebackers, uh, but even then um, Brooks was, but they were hurt at some point or another. And they were, we were, we were playing with, you know, backups and third stringers and, and all that kind of stuff out there. And it took quite a bit for everything to come together and guys to get healthy and then get a chance, but they're finally playing up to the talent level. I don't think that what they're doing right now is just like unsustainable. Oh, it's only because they're playing bad quarterbacks, any of that kind of stuff. They're playing up to their talent level. Cause like I was saying before, Goff may not be a great quarterback, but that is still a very good offensive football team uh, that the Seahawks just completely shut down. You know, and, and what makes it even more impressive is at the same time this the defense has been surging, the offense has been sputtering a little bit. Seattle's given Michael Dixon a little bit more work uh, on opposing offenses and more possessions against our defense. So that makes the defensive mm-hmm. turnaround even that more much more impressive. We've been losing the time of possession battle. Uh, our our offense hasn't been converting third down conversions very very well this year. The defense has been on the field more because of that, and they've still shut teams down. And so yep. um it I don't know. I think it, it's exciting. We talk a little bit about 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 the reasons for the offenses that are um and a lot of it has to do with teams are committing to preventing the big play. And the Seahawks want to go deep. They want those big chunk plays. They want the explosive plays and they're just not there. And because of some problems on the offensive line, specifically at right tackle, um, with, uh, Brandon Shell's injury, they've been keeping a tight end in on almost every play. And so you, now you've got less people out in routes. They're taking away the big play, but you don't have that extra, uh, route runner in the, uh, underneath middle, um, area in order to, you know, take advantage of that because you have to, you're having to protect, uh, your backups at right tackle. And it just, Things just aren't working. Um, and Do you see any I signs that, that this could open up in the next however long deep playoff run we have? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at um, the 
you you have Brandon Shell coming back, which I think I mean he was active for this game, but they were like, yeah, we we probably don't need him, and you know we'll, they'll play him if they have to, like if there's an injury. But uh, they're they didn't want to do what they did earlier in the year, which is rush him back, have him play for part of a game, and reaggravate the injury. So they gave him an extra week, even though he was active, he was stayed on the sidelines, and that was that's great for him. And they may not, they may do that again this week against San Francisco in order to. Uh, or maybe only give him, you know, 15 plays to kind of, you know, work back into mm-hmm. getting used to the game speed and all of that again. But um, getting him back and getting Disley or Olsen, one of the two, out into routes a little more often uh, because you've got a right tackle you can depend on will be a huge improvement um, for that intermediate passing game. You, you just you prevent them from being able to sit back and take away uh, the deep shot with a safety on both sides because you've got to have somebody covering the middle of the field. And so then when you go, when they have to bring their strong safety up into the middle, now one of the two uh, guys on the outside is in one-on-one coverage. And so you, little things like that can, you know, chess match into a, uh, a big change for the offense. They can start to hit those big plays again. And once they start hitting those big plays... Uh, everything opens up. And I've been waiting, you know, and they they did hit one with David Moore in this game. Um, True, but but even um, that was a was a a play where maybe Russell Wilson should have kept the ball and run for the first down. Um, but mm-hmm. but nonetheless, I'll take that throw and I'll take that completion because we haven't seen anything like that for a while. Yeah, they teams are teams are focusing so hard on taking that away from Seattle because they know how much it. The, the offense is designed around those big plays and they really want to shut that, the big plays down um, because Seattle hasn't shown a tendency to um, say, okay, you're going to take that away. We're just going to like take this intermediate stuff mm-hmm. and, and, and the short routes and, and, and be content with that. They want the big play. They can, they'll either force it downfield or because they've got their tight ends in blocking max protect, they don't have anyone in that intermediate range to throw the ball to. Um, and so there's been a lot of um, just a lot of problems with that. And rather than redesign the offense, which I think they, they needed to have done here the last few weeks, they've just kind of sat on it and are waiting. And I think once shell gets back, a lot of that will, will open back up for them because they'll have that person in the short <clears throat> to intermediate range to take advantage of the, uh, the deep drops by this, you know, in the, in the first, uh, eight weeks, Metcalf was averaging like 17.9 yards per reception. And he's averaging almost 10 yards per reception in the last eight weeks, you know, seven, Mm -hmm. seven weeks. Um, he's throwing a lot of slant routes to him, a lot of stuff underneath because people they're sitting they're they're getting the cornerback, you know, sitting eight yards off of him, uh, at the snap and they were roll the safety to him every on on every play. So there's nowhere there's no real way to get him open other than slant routes and and um and shorter things because they've just got him doubled up. They're making it really hard on Russell Wilson to get DK Metcalf the ball. Um in this game like you had um you know Jalen Ramsey who's one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the NFL right now, um on him and they rolled safety help yeah, he still had him. six for six uh, uh, receptions for fifty nine yards. That's still a nice day's work for Metcalf. You you'd hope he could break one out. And Russell Wilson's missed him a few different times. Um, yeah, and he missed he missed Lockett. Yeah. Uh, deep on one. Um, yeah. Lockett finished three for forty four at a fourteen point seven average. 
Uh, Disley mm-hmm. had uh, three catches. Hollister had two, including a touchdown. It was a beautiful throw from Wilson. That was encouraging yeah, to me was. because on that drive, Wilson was five for five and finished with the Hollister touchdown. That was a perfect floater in the back corner. So you you got to look for the positives. And I look at those two big throws that Wilson had, the, the Hollister throw and the David Moore throw, and you, there's enough there where you, you believe that Wilson's not in a funk and he's, he's just taking what the defense is giving him and um, doing just enough to get, to get by. But you always know that that potential is there for, for them to break out. Or if they had to, they could play from behind on a, on a short uh, you know, throw, quick throw, quick pace offense. Um, mm-hmm. with some with some deep shots, you know, like like you said, as soon as I think Shell comes back, I think Russell gets that confidence there on the right side um, for protection, and things start opening up. Maybe, maybe I don't know. It depends on the defenses we're going to face too. You know, as we go forward, we'll talk yeah. about playoff scenarios a little bit later, and some of the teams we can uh, face, and maybe we can look at that. Um, the defense, though, dude. I mean. It's hard not to keep talking about them because in the last three games, they've only given up a couple touchdowns. And they, that was both to Washington in the fourth quarter of that game when we were already up 17 points. We're not giving up any any yeah. scores. I mean, it's it's tremendous. Yep. Uh, and, I mean, the, so I was I was looking at this. The um, last year, the um, Rasheem Green led the team in sacks with four. And then a lot of guys with four or three and a mm-hmm. half and three and, and, and that, but still four was the, the leader. Um, you know, Jamal Adams has nine and a half Alton Robinson, who didn't play much for the first, uh, like six games, then played, played a lot for a couple. And then, you know, kind of took a back seat because the starters started coming back and has getting some more playing time recently. He got his fourth. Like this is a guy that that hasn't played that much as a rookie. Yeah, he's getting pick. 20, really 20 snaps a, a game at this point. Yeah, re- really had to earn his spot in the rotation over time. Um, he's got four. You know, uh, you just go down down the list of guys um, that have four or more, and you run into uh, you know, I was gonna say Dunbar, but that's not right. Dunbar. <coughs> um, you know, you run into his name. Ben Samayoa. Um, in fact, Ben Samayoa's been there. playing better with with more uh, with a with a better pace of snaps, um, where he's not being asked to do so much. He's coming in. He's fresh. He, he's able to. He's to affect, a guy that that you you don't want as a starter, but you like him as a. Backer. His pressure rate leads um, the team still. Yeah, and so you give him an opportunity to come in at and play you know, 20, 25 snaps a game as a backup. And he is a significantly better player than if he's playing, you know, 40 snaps a game as a starter. But they've got Dunlap to do that now. Did you notice um, that Dun- Dunlap played like 40 snaps in this game, but he had a zero stat line, like zero tackles, zero pressure, zero anything? I, I, yes, but at the same time, I, he was there. He was disruptive. He was a guy who, you know, came around the corner and uh, forced, you know, uh, Goff to step up. I mean, he technically it wasn't the pressure because he didn't, you know, get that close to him, but he forced Goff to step up into, uh, you know, Jerron Reed and, and, and take the sack that way. So he, in, he impacted a lot of plays, you know, getting 
uh, upfield against the run and forcing stuff inside to the to the it is interesting where they Keith, the way and, that they're playing this base so. defense because in this game Green Mayoa and Collier all each only had one tackle apiece and then you mm-hmm. add Dunlap into that and with no tackles right and it makes you and then everyone else is successful Jordan Brooks had eight tackles Adams had eight tackles a tackle for loss Jordan Brooks had that tackle for loss and that fourth down stop uh, uh Griffin's got seven tackles, Wagner six, Diggs six, plus the interception, Amadi four tackles, Reed had seven tackles, Wright had uh, seven tackles, um, Alton Robinson with the sack on, on, the, on, the, on the pressure. It seems like our defensive ends playing base and contain and setting the edge, as, it seems like they're getting back to the basics is what I'm saying. Well, they are, and it's especially against the Rams. This is what I was talking about earlier with them, with the guys playing and doing their job. Because with the Rams, what they're going to do is they're going to play action, and they're going to bootleg, and they're going to move the pocket around, and you've got to have your defensive ends get wide, stay wide, and be that containment on the those bootleg plays. And not just attack, because you're, the quarterback's not going to be where they normally are for you to attack. Um, and you've got to have discipline to do those things. And um, they did them in this game. They uh, attacked wide. They, they prevented the bootlegs. They, they got pressure. In addition, there. all um, of those guys, all of our defensive fronts applied 27 quarterback pressures out of 32 overall pressures in this game. So yeah. they were totally containing, totally getting there. They didn't quite get, get the sacks. Um, we did end up with three sacks, but nonetheless, those pressures are, are what you know mm-hmm. really makes a difference for this team. You know, Pete said earlier in the, in the season, you know, and this is like uh, I think after the Arizona game or something, he was like, uh, "I I trust it. I trust that we'll get there." Um, and and that's about the the time that they were last in both yards and points. Right? I trust it. I trust we're still working. We're gonna. I believe that we're gonna get there. And we were all like. Is this the time that we fired Ken Norton Jr. and is Pete's job on the line and what what's going on, right? And and since then, now they they rank 14th in scoring defense from from dead last halfway through the season, like eight games dead last. Now they're 14th, 23rd in yards allowed, seventh in total sacks. I mean, talk about a transformation, the defensive turnaround yep. in the second half since that second half against the Rams. It's it's the Dunlap trade that the DJ Reed coming in. How big is DJ Reed? Ugo Amadi's development and playing in the slot. I mean, that has really been a huge difference. Jamal Adams kind of playing within the defense as opposed to kind of just doing everything on a, on his own. Quandre Diggs, Alton Robinson, Jerron Reed, Puna Ford. You know, KJ Wright switching to to strong side linebacker. I mean, all of those things have just made this thing like totally work and now we were at the first half of the year and our offense was the best in the league and the best unit on the team no question and now our defensive unit is the best unit on the team and carrying games at this point mm-hmm. it's it's remarkable to me yeah the offense needs to it, it needs to kind of regel it needs to get um they're, they're close they really are close the running games come around they need they need to um, Seattle's offense has only scored 25 plus points only twice in the last seven games. Yeah. Um, and I think if you look at it, uh, it's being much more vanilla than it was early in the year too. Um, and I don't, 
like I think that might have something to do with you know the injuries on the line and especially the injuries at running back at at, at some point. But then, but they've been much more vanilla um, on the line, and so to get um, to get back to where they were, they need they need a lot more misdirection and and they need to get their play action game going and and they've got the running backs now so teams are keying on on the running game and so all those things will work they just need to right it, it just needs to come back together the same way that it did <clears throat> yeah i'm not i'm not terribly worried i don't know why i'm just not terribly worried about the offense I, to me i i really like the um the the adversity that the offense is going through uh to be completely honest i think that makes you stronger i think if you really look at it you know, we've got a Russell Wilson, B, we've got Chris Carson, and C, we've got DK Metcalf and Lockett. Plus, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. all the other weapons in there, right? This offense can do whatever opposing defenses um, want to want to shut down. We still have at least two other options to to look at. You know, yep. there, I don't think there's a defense out there, and we'll look at the playoffs here in just a second. But I don't think there's a defense out there in the playoffs that can stop Seattle's offense. So find me like the, the two defenses that Seattle faced the last two weeks, Washington, Washington and the Rams are the two, I would say Washington being the best front four in, um, in the NFL and the Rams being number two. And yeah, you know what? That is going to make life really hard on, on an opposing uh, offense. Seattle won both those games. Now they won both those games in large part because of the defense, but which is encouraging. You're not going to be itself. facing. You're not going to be it facing uh, that level of of defensive talent in the playoffs unless they, of course, they end up facing the Rams again, which is highly possible. Um, and Washington's in the in the playoff hunt too. But let's let's take a look at the playoffs. So Seattle's no worse than the third seed. Okay, we know up that up front. Mm-hmm. We got one home playoff game assured. Um, the yep. top seed is still in play, but you need the Packers and the Saints to, to lose, plus the Seahawks need to win against their uh, Week 17 opponent, the 49ers. The Bears, Rams, and Cardinals are all still playing for two remaining spots. So they're at the, at the, at the tail end here. We do have, if, if the Rams beat the Cardinals uh, and the Seahawks um, win or lose, I believe that we face the Rams in the playoffs. But there might be a scenario where the, Saints and New Orleans lose and we lose as well, where the playoff yeah. scenario so changes the, a little bit. Yeah. So what you, you have in there is um, because there's, they're seeding the CX could be the one, two or three seed, right? Um, they could be the one seed if, um, if they win and both Packers and Saints lose, if the Seahawks win and one of those two teams lose, um, then, the Seahawks end up as the two seed and they end up at the, as the three Green Bay seed plays Chicago, if, New Orleans plays the yep. Panthers. Yeah. So both of those games look like on paper that, that they will be wins for the Packers and, um, and Saints. So the seal Seahawks have, if the Seahawks win, um, they end up in that three way tie and the Saints end up as the one seed and I think the Seahawks end up getting dumped all the way to, to the three seed. Um, so the playoff odds right now, you, according to ESPN, are, are uh, Seahawks face the Rams at 35.1%. We face the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. If the Cardinals beat the Rams, is at 28.1%. Um, we 
Bears are still on there at 20.8, and then the Bucks at 10.5. There's a 5.5 chance to get the number one seed in a first round bye. So that's kind of yeah. where we're at. Yeah. So you you end up with because of the you know Tampa's going to have that uh, five seed unless they lose and the Rams win, uh, and then they can drop. You know, so basically the Rams can sneak into the five seed, um, and and Tampa can drop to the six and have to play probably Seattle uh, at the three, but a lot has to happen. Jared, I mean, it, Jared it, it Goff had surgery last night. Yep. On his thumb. And uh, yeah, that's, you have that's tough. And the, the, you know, Tampa's playing a, a four win Atlanta team. Um, Arizona's and, still fighting know, for their playoff lives. So they're going to give the Rams everything they got. Yep. And, you know, and, and so then you got the bears that are, that are, that are doing their thing too. And they put up 41 points, uh, on that Sunday. bears, so they, bears green Bay game is interesting to me. It is because green Bay's got, you know, the division, you know, they, they're playing for, for seeding, but are they, how motivated are they going to be to come out and, and really dominate? Are you going to sit, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers for half a game in order to not get him hurt because it doesn't, matter that much because you've already you know clinched the division and all that um that game could could be very interesting yeah, anytime you're playing um, your division rivals you know two times in a year those games get interesting like the chicago green bay game and the new orleans panthers game i know the panthers aren't very good but nonetheless um they've got a lot of motivation to to beat new yeah. orleans so it'll be interesting you know and then washington's there at six and nine right now um still leading their division um that's crazy Yep. Um, so Washington's there at six and nine. Uh, they win. They get to seven uh, and nine, and they 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 win their division and get the four seed. But they if they if they lose, then you've got um, Dallas with a chance to sneak in yeah. uh, at seven and nine and and or sorry at at yeah at seven and nine and 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 get that one. Um, and if everybody loses, if you know both those teams lose, you could get a uh, six and ten team into the playoffs uh, there. And, and so they're going to be, they'll be the four seed. They'll play the five almost certainly, which is going to be Tampa. So so right now Um, it it seems likely that we're going to face either the, the Rams or the Cardinals most likely. Yeah. And And do you normally, I would say the Rams, either one of those teams, like the Rams defense in the playoffs, I'd face either one of them because you're looking at a, um, a Rams team that John Wolford is their quarterback now. Wake Forest. I yeah, liked him coming uh, out of and, college. And that's why. Actually, he was a great passer. He's I, a great passer, but he uh, he's he's erratic. He's never had he's never had an NFL snap. Yeah. He'll be he'll he'll get his first NFL snap, uh, week seventeen against the Cardinals playing, uh, because so think about this with the Rams like. A couple of weeks ago, they were mm-hmm. uh, nine and four and in first place in the division. Um, now they're playing for the playoff lives because if they lose and the Bears win, the Rams miss the playoffs. Yeah. Thanks to our team. But that, well, and, the, and losing to the Jets will do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, think about that that you, loss we had against the Jets. Think about that loss we had against the Giants. No. Is that, um, is that the loss? I'm try, trying to think now. Yes. That's just, you know, everything changes there. 
Yeah, if the Seahawks beat that uh, the Giants team there, they're right now in the driver's seat for the number one. Rather than needing help from a couple of different teams that aren't very, you know, aren't great. Um, yeah. No, they're just sitting there with, they're, they're in the driver's seat for it. When you get the number one seed, you get to take a, take a week off and. All right. So all how do that. you how do you so. view this uh, this last game of the season? You know, not a lot's on the line. We know we got a home playoff game. The opponents really don't matter. It might matter uh, later after the first round who we would match up with and so forth as far as seeding. But right mm-hmm. now, it doesn't seem to matter too much. What how what approach does Seattle take? Is this a uh, a do or die playoff atmosphere type game for the Seahawks? to get to 12 wins, to get me the prediction show victory that I so desperately want? Or is this something where Seattle folds, lays down for Keith's 11 and, and, and 5 prediction? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> um, when I, you look at this, and the NFL did some funny things with the schedule. And by funny, I mean actually kind of awesome. Um most of the NFC games um, for Sunday are in the afternoon, right? Um, so the it was like that this last week a, too. Yeah, and so you end up with you know the Panthers and Saints are playing in the afternoon time slot. Uh, why would they be in the afternoon time slot? Oh, Packers and Bears afternoon time slot. Wait, what? Are, and then you've got the Arizona L.A. Ram game. Yeah. So, so every game so that affects, typically, except for the Tampa game, every every game affects the way that Seattle looks at this weekend. Yep. And then you have, of course, Washington and the Eagles um, in the Sunday night game. Um, but as far as anything that might, have, might affect Seattle is all in the afternoon. And so um, they're not going to know what, the other like the outcomes are now typically you know you think you know green bay chicago and and new orleans carolina those would be morning games the seahawks would go into the game knowing hey when and you have the one seed or when and you have the two seed and, and and so they would know or they could go in knowing you know what it really doesn't matter what um you know what the the case is as far as any of that we could just uh they could Play the backups because win or lose, it doesn't it doesn't change anything. You're the three seed, uh, but they don't have that luxury, and so I think they go in into this game looking to win. Yes, they're going to play uh, vanilla and not show um, a lot of the, the you know the wrinkles and mm-hmm. stuff you know pre playoffs. But at the same time, you're, you're going to see you know Russell Wilson out there. You're going to see uh, Chris Carson out there. Every guys are going to play. They're going to be going for the win now. Um, if at halftime you look and and uh, the Packers are blowing out the the Bears and and the Saints are blowing out the um, the Panthers and you go okay second half let's pull it back, um, but I think they go for it because one Pete Carroll said they would and two uh, it's just Pete Carroll's I, way I agree. like they're gonna they're gonna compete and um, they're gonna go out and and try and get that win. Um, and, they face a 49er hope- team too that's uh, without Brandon Ayuk. Had sixty receptions, seven hundred and forty-eight yards, and five touchdowns this year. Trent Williams. He's been, he has been. He's such been great, and I knew he would be. Actually, I knew he would be. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, Richard Sherman's out. Jordan Willis, defensive tackles out. Uh, Javon Kinlaw is doubtful. 
Jimmy Ward's mm-hmm. probably out. Tavarius Moore, his backup is questionable. Rashim uh, Mozart is out. Nick Mullins is out. Jimmy Garoppolo's questionable, probably out. C.J. Bethard is likely to start. George Kittle is going to play. That's really, you know, they're just as decimated now as they were when we played them before, except George Kittle is going to be able to play. So, I mean, you look at that and you go, okay, well, you have, um, they after the Seahawks played them, they started getting guys back. Richard Sherman came back and played, and, and Rasheem Moser yeah. came back and played, and they got they got Kittle back, and, and it looked like, okay, this team might, yeah get back to kind of what we expected them to be this year. Cause they were getting these talented guys. And then, yeah, they all got hurt again, but they're still a six win team. <laughs> I mean, as, as bad as they it are. has been. They're- so, uh, and the way that I saw them play last week against uh, Arizona and they made Arizona make some mistakes. It, it was interesting. Uh, Kyler, they, they got to Kyler Murray a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and their defense has actually been pretty good. Um, and yep. so, uh, their offense is kind of, eh, but their defense is, has been good, and I'm just wondering if there's any concerns at all that, that the 49ers give you on um, on the defensive side of the ball for Seattle in this game where maybe Seattle needs a win. Maybe New Orleans looks like it's going to lose. Maybe Green Bay looks like it's going to lose. We got the number one seed on the line. Is there anything in this game that concerns you if we needed to get that number one seed? Well, okay. So if we go into this thinking, okay, let's let, let's take the playoff possible wanting to rest guys and and avoid injury, all that out of it, and to say hey, both these two teams are going to play s- s- line up full strength and play right. as if it's a, a full full strength mid season game um, with their current you know rosters and injuries and everything. Um, I would say no, because yeah, there's talent there, but this you know the front. Uh, the San Francisco's front is talented. It's good, but it's not Washington. And we've LA. matched up very well with them the last three games we've played. Mm-hmm. You know, even though well, even though we lost one of those games, we we won two of them, but we lost one. Even that loss was a was an even game. It was yeah, right at the very very end. Um, and that was uh, quite frankly a more talented team. Um, a lot more talented than what they've healthy. got. Yeah. Yeah, than what they've got right now um, because of all the injuries and, and everything. Um, I, I I don't. Uh, this is this isn't like quite a get right game like the way the Jets were um, as for the offense because San Francisco's got a lot of talent. There's probably still a you know a top ten um, defense, maybe top twelve somewhere in that range, but they aren't a top one and two front four. Um, that's, you know, gonna, gonna really hurt Seattle, um, the way the Rams and, and Washington can. So I, I think that the Seahawks are going to be able to get put up points. And quite frankly, if, if the 49ers put up a bunch of points on Seattle's defense, I am going to just be shocked the way Seattle's defense has been playing, yes. um, lately. And now you get, uh, CJ Bethard. With without Trent Williams top. and one of their guards, I can't remember who is in COVID nineteen protocol right now. Yep, and you don't have Mozart, you don't have Ayuk, you don't. I mean, just I, go I, down Depot the list, Samuel, right? I'm not sure what his status is, but he's been nicked up all year too. Yeah, um, and so you end up with um, basically you've got to cover Kittle. Can you cover Kittle? This would be I actually a good game to figure that out. I don't know if anyone can cover Kittle, yeah. <laughs> but you. The thing is that you don't have those I weapons. I bet you Jordan like Brooks could cover 
George Kittle pretty well. You know who actually I'd love to see line up and cover George Kittle would be um, uh, Neil. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Neal, the, the backup um, strong safety who they use in their big nickel and and, and uh, dime packages. Yeah, Marquise Blair, too. Uh, I, I know that he's hurt, obviously. But, but in those the future, the, those though, the he guys, would be a yeah. guy that I would like to see a matchup with next year. Yeah, and so those are the guys. They, they play um, in, in the nickel and dime, even though they're safeties. Um, and typically that would be a corner. But you, those those guys you could bring in and... They're bigger, they're stronger. Um, Flowers and, is there too, and he's long. Yeah, and so I, I'd like to see uh, those guys match up against Kittle and and get their chance. And so uh, Ryan Neal would be my pick. Uh, if not, Jordan Brooks has been playing lights out, and I think he could do it. Um, you know, and of course, you know, you get. Uh, Bobby Wagner involved in there too, and you're going to get Adams involved. Well, you'd mentioned you'd mentioned playing uh, playing some vanilla defense with with little looks in this game, and that's why I was thinking mm-hmm. of Jordan Brooks because if they stay in the base defense more than typical, um, mm-hmm. he would be a guy that you would drop back into coverage more. Yeah, he would be, and uh, so yeah, I mean it's I want to see what they can do against Kittle because Kittle's just a dominant. Uh, tight end. I mean, he is he the best tight end in the NFL right now? He well, I mean, it's yeah, hard. it's hard to I tell mean, this he's year. He's been hurt, right? It's hard to tell because he's been hurt this year, and there's not a lot of talent around him, and and all of that. Um, Travis Kelsey obviously would take uh, offense to and rightly um, so. Into you know to, to Kittle being pronounced that, but he's. He's if Kittle had a quarterback to throw to him, thank you. You're talking about yeah. a completely different player, um, obviously. And stat stat wise, Kittle, he would be up into the 1,200, Kittle, 1,300 yards. And oh yeah, Kittle is what Gronkowski used to be, as far as a player. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And, and so Kelsey's way more streamlined, so, you know, pass catcher. Yeah, Kittle's a way is. more diversified tight end overall. Mm-hmm. He's and and that's why like. In case you can't tell, listeners, um, he's a great player, and I, I don't think there's any reason to, you know, say otherwise. Um, and so he, it is a good test, but he is also alone yeah, on that exactly. offense. Who else? Are you well, you're going to have Debo Samuel if he's available, and and he's if a concern. He's I mean, he's he's definitely a player. In fact, I love to have him on the Seahawks just because he's kind of that um, Doug Baldwin type guy that just physical, get open for you. Um, uh, Golden Tate you know, comes to, comes to mind that, that short squatty, strong receiver, that's going to get yards after contact and all that kind of stuff. So a guy like that mm-hmm. gives me pause a little bit, but there's not enough weapons on San Francisco's offense for me to be concerned at all, given how the Seahawks defense has been playing. And then I just want to see the offense kind of stretch it out a little bit, try to figure this out, try to get right a little bit in a, in a kind of a game where, Maybe maybe nothing's on the line, but you're trying to get some looks on your offense um, to to just kind of um, to, to figure a, a few things out a little bit. Some protections, some uh, yep. over the middle type stuff, some slants, some some deep shots. Take some deep shots in this game. I think this game goes Seattle's way pretty convincingly. Um, I'm thinking something on the order of like twenty seven sixteen. 
Yeah, it'd be nice to score more than 30 points. If you're going to go 27, I'm going to go 34. I just, I just want to get another touchdown in there, and maybe one of them's a defensive touchdown, you know, pick six type something like that. That would be awesome. And then, um, yeah, I just, you know, teams have been really struggling to score against Seattle. Why not hold uh, a poor uh, San Francisco offense to um, to the average that the Seahawks defense have been holding their opponents to over the last seven games? Thirteen points. I think thirteen points is a good number. You give them a touchdown and a couple field goals. Let's call it. That's, mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. All right. What else? Is that it? We're that's going to it. the last game of the year. Our, our predictions are on the line, Keith. I hope you lose only because I want Seattle to win. Well, here's the thing. I, I care about this so much. I want Seattle to oh. win because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a win, just, I just want them to win. You get the 12, go 12 and four on a year that is as weird and, yeah. and, and crazy. Well, think and, about, too, where everything. we were three years ago in 2017, Keith. We predicted, you know, my predictions were dire that year. I predicted seven wins, I think, that, that year. We ended up getting to, mm-hmm. to what, nine or ten? I can't remember. Ten. ten. No, nine. That was the year they... they, they um, so we had nine, ten, eleven last year, and then we could get to 12 this year. That's improving every year. I mean... And we we talked about it being a three year reset project, and and uh, and this is this year is three. year three. This, this is, is where year. it all comes together. And it's funny when the defense kind of folded in the first half of the year. I was going, man, I was wrong. Like, what happened? What's going on with the defense? And in the last seven weeks, I'm I'm totally completely turned around, and and uh, I'm like, yeah, this is where we thought this we is would much be more when the Seahawk we team that I was expecting exactly to see this it, year. totally. Now, given the offense is struggling a little bit with the opportunity to get better, um, this game could go on a run here and be special. It really could. Yeah. Um, and again, like they're sputtering against some great defensive lines and, uh, green Bay's defense is, is good, but it doesn't have an Aaron Donald or, you know, the Washington front. It has Ryan, whatchamacallit, right? I can't remember his name. I know. And they've got, and they've got the, um, the Smith, uh, brothers who aren't brothers, right. but, um, you know, they, they've got talent. I'm not saying they don't, but they're just not, they're not a the, the number one and two in terms of defensive line. I think line the, the Rams anyway, at, so. at the sixth seed in the playoffs would be the, the, the best defense that we would have to face. And you get yeah. past that and it gets better as far mm-hmm. as uh, defensive opponents for the Seattle offense is concerned. And then nobody's going to want to face the Seahawks. You're facing an improving defense who statistically is is the best defense in the, in the NFL in the last six or seven weeks. And you're facing a, a, a Russell Wilson-led offense, which could get you at any time. And um, no, nobody wants to face a clutch, proven clutch performer like Russell Wilson in the playoffs. <clears throat> to me, I mean, we're, we're, we're an opponent's worst nightmare. I I look at, at at us now in Green Bay possibly as being the teams to to emerge out of the NFC, and quite frankly, I look at it possibly being a NFC Championship game in the tundra, which is not a great thing, but it is what it is at this point. Mm-hmm. I'll take it though. Yeah, I don't I don't want it in the tundra. I want um, I want uh, the Saints to upset the Packers uh, the week before. Yeah. Or or so or, way, or the Saints and Green Bay 
wash out and we end up with the number one seed throughout the playoffs. That's the preferred path. Or yeah, and, and or just find a way so that the, if the NFC Championship game is in Seattle, like that would, that would work. I, I could absolutely, that. absolutely. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> Let's leave it there. All right. Uh, imagine if they're playing. Imagine if, you're, if they end up in that situation, and then you're playing a Bears team or an Arizona team, which right now no one talks about as being a threat or anything. Yeah. But one of those teams gets a couple like uh, fluky yeah. wins. I wouldn't mind Tampa in, Bay either. In the Tampa earlier. Bay is a flawed team. You get uh, what you call it in in town here. Uh, to face the Seahawks defense again, I think we win that game. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Oh yeah, with yeah, Brady. Brady. Yeah, people don't realize uh, that, despite the fact that that team's winning, Brady is a shell of who he used to be. Yeah, he had a pretty good and, game, uh, 350 yard game the other day. True, he did, and he has the ability to do that, but he's not completing the ball deep, and his accuracy isn't what it used to be. And and yeah, I mean, he's still Brady. He's still. One, he's still smart. He still reads the defense as well as anybody uh, ever. But physically, he's just not the same guy. And so he just he he misses. Throws I'd love to and, get five and, or six sacks against that guy in the playoffs and force a couple fumbles and get a couple picks. You know, just have him have a terrible day. That would be awesome. Awesome. That'd be fun if you you did that, and then after the game, he was like, "Yeah, maybe I'm a retire. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like, "Yes, we're the one who finally knocked yeah. that guy out." Um, Any so, yeah. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. SeahawksPlaybook.com has all of the shows archived, and uh, find the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Um, subscribe and get it in your feed every week, and we're on YouTube as well. We need more subscribers on YouTube. I think we, we only have 25 or 6 subscribers on YouTube. We could use 250 at least, right? So tell your friends and family to, to watch us on YouTube. Uh, until next time, Keith. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.